Imagine you picked up the most important book in the world, a book with words that can transform hearts. Now, imagine when you opened up that book, it was full of highlights and notes in the margin, and so you could see how this book has transformed someone's heart. This is The Notable Podcast. These are discussions where pastors not only take seriously the biblical text, but they share what they've been underlining and highlighting, all of their notes that help them share the world's most important book and how it's transformed their hearts and how it can transform the hearts of the people you know. This is Season 5, Coming Forth as Gold, a reading of the book of Job. You're about to hear a conversation between John and Tim Borman, twin brothers, both Christian pastors. Tim is a pastor in Queens, New York, and John is a pastor in Aiken, South Carolina. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support us or hear more, visit NotablePodcast.com. That's N-O-T-A-B-L-E podcast.com. Here's John and Tim. Timothy, I I don't think there is a a good introduction here. What what possible good introduction is there to suffering? How do you introduce it? You know, suffering in life, I mean, you know this, suffering in life comes at you unasked for, unwanted. Um, it takes you by the throat, chokes you, holds you down on the ground. There's somebody out there listening who is in a lot of pain right now. Um, and, you know, this, this narrative, we read it last time, right? We read it last time. This is Job 1, verse A. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. And there's no frills. Um... There's no, there's no reason for um, the author here to go into any kind of um, rationale for why you should have to listen because the topic is is reason enough. It's so compelling. Mm-hmm. So compelling. And right away at the very beginning of the book, the author really wants us to to know that that this really happened, that that Job is was a, a real historical man. And yet, if you if you actually look around Christianity today and you do a little reading on, on the book itself and, and on Job, I think it's safe to say, and maybe in your reading too, Jonathan, you can comment on this, but in my reading, it's safe to say that most scholars and most churches today will actually um, take the teeth right out of this book and just say, Job wasn't, he was legendary, um, and he was a legend. <laughs> like, it, they look at him and they're, and, and they're like, the ending's too perfect. Because, you know, he just, everything just doubles, and he gets the perfect 10 number of kids again, and they'll be like, uh the the numbers at the beginning of the book are too perfect like i was actually doing a little math and you know 
everything adds adds up to these perfect numbers and then there's the the suffering itself as we get into the rest of the chapter one it, it's too perfect it's like how could it possibly happen you know that this is what people ask themselves that you could lose everything in a single day and they're like well since since i've never seen such tremendous loss ever in my entire life um and and gets you know such bad news all at once it couldn't possibly have happened it's just to to help us who are who are suffering but it, it couldn't possibly have happened and i'm actually kind of tired of reading about that stuff but i understand where people are coming from when when they say that i in your reading like have you noticed that too like Job wasn't a real guy, you know. <laughs> well, right, right, right. So here's the problem. You pointed the problems, right? Like a couple of the problems, they're not problems to me, but the problems that people would say about the book of Job are that um, it comes at you in epic form. So you, you read this in, in the land of Uz. It has a certain um, epic form to it, like clearly the author is trying to speak about something here that is really quite uh, has a universal sense to it, and so and which means they people see no particularity in it. You know, to, to use a big term, but the idea like that Job was just this mythological man, and and we learn something from from this story, um, and so that's one of the problems. And you pointed out a second. A part of the part of the problem that people point to is the numerology here. It's really very perfect. Um, and um, the third problem uh, is that Job lacks a genealogy. Where does he come from? Who is he? You know, um, th- there's no genealogy here. And people even go further and they'll say, but for example, um, we're going to we're going to come upon a character later in the book by the name of Elihu. And he gets a genealogy. Where's Job's genealogy? Now, and so that's what people say. Like, Job, Job had, he's this universalizing character. He's, he's mythology. He's legend. Um, we learn from some things, but he's not a historical figure. And look, we can take it point by point, right? Like, we can take it point by point. Like, of course it's an epic story. Suffering's a big deal. You know, like, that, that doesn't undermine the point at all. Um, that doesn't take away um, his the fact that this really actually happened to him at all. Um, as far as the numerology goes, why couldn't? Uh, let me ask you this. Why couldn't the Lord uh, deal with, with Job in a perfect way? Why can't that be a vignette of how God is going to... I mean, we're going to talk about how the Lord perfectly buttonhook, but bookends our lives and and think about how he does that. And we're going to have to hold on that till Job 42, um, which just seems like a long That's a long way. Right <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, life is like that. Life is like that. But you know what I'm saying? And then, and then thirdly, um, I mean, Timothy, let's talk, let's talk about this. What, what about the genealogy? Why, why doesn't Job seem to have, um, a place roots, that he comes you know, from. A, yeah. Yeah, roots, like a tree. Um, and 
So one here's one one suggestion. I think this is a much weaker suggestion that I'm going to give you in a second. I'd love to hear your take on it. One would be uh, this is a literary tactic of the author um, who wants us to read ourselves into Job's story right away. You know, he's 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 he wants us to be able to identify with Job right away. I think actually the better answer is is this one. Um, this is not unprecedented in the Bible for major, major figures to receive no genealogy. And in fact, it becomes in the Bible a major teaching point. Um, take Melchizedek. I was example. thinking of Melchizedek too, yeah. yeah. Melchizedek gets dropped in out of nowhere. He comes in, he goes out, and the writer of the Hebrew makes some major, major theological points out of it. And what we can say is that there's a similarity then between Melchizedek and Job. Um, and actually lots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually and... lots. They're, they're right. They're both priests. Um, they're both um, incredibly important figures in the Bible. Gentiles, um, probably, you know, like. Yeah, right. G- Gentiles. Um, and and so what I'm, what I'm going to suggest to you, um, based on that reading, is that Job here is meant to function as a type of Christ. Now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna look at him as a type um, going forward, and and there'll be a lot more to say about it. But for right now, um, Job is that big a deal. He doesn't need any introduction. He doesn't need a genealogy. Um, this man is a big, big deal. Everybody knew who he was. You know, I mean, we have we now. I mean, I'm. I, it doesn't even really bother me. I think it's powerful that he doesn't have a genealogy, but it's never bothered me that he doesn't have one. Just because the author gives us other ways and and reasons for us to believe that he's he's um, while we can't see the roots that he he actually had roots, like he was a real guy, like he's surrounded. Um, he with real people with real names and real places. You know, he's from Ur. He he's got friends from Timon and these these are guys that um really had uh, existed from real places. Like the author is helping us to see like this this actually really did happen. If it, it was some myth or or something like that, you would you would um, come up with like what was the fantasy land in Tolkien's, you know, the Lord of the Rings or something like that. Like you would actually not use <laughs> real places, you know what I mean, for your for your book, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, right, right. If it's meant to be fantastical, it would actually be fantastical, you know. And look, I, 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 we maybe spent enough time on this, but I will say this. Um, it is it is just a truth, and, and we're going to see this in the book of Job, uh, that we're going to hear Eliphaz say um, that the Lord catches the, the wise in their craftiness. And, um, that, right, this is a, so, in other words, really smart people are actually sometimes the dumbest. And you see that in the Old Testament. <laughs> you actually see that in <laughs> in Old Testament scholarship, like people read the Bible and then they think they're smarter than the Bible. And there's absolutely no reason here to think that this was not a historical person. It's presented as a historical person. It's presented as real history. There is no reason in anywhere in the book 
for us to think that Job is nothing less than a very real historical it, figure. It's rant, rant over. <laughs> it, well, no, it's not. I'm not done ranting. <laughs> we we're not done yet. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is enough for me to believe that Job was a real historical person because James thought he was. You know, he he actually encourages on the basis of a real Job. Now, if there's no real Job. And then James says, you know, bear up patiently underneath suffering, um, just like Job did. It it undercuts um, James, but also Job. Like, if, if there wasn't a guy who suffered like this and reacted and trusted and repented the way Job did, there's, there's the heart, of, you rip the heart of the book right out and there, it, it ceases to, to be and it ceases to live because Job is dead. It's it, yeah. He's non-existent. So well, it's so it's enough Timothy, for me. You're right, and it's not just James either. It's Ezekiel too. Ezekiel actually, he's yeah. He was ranting to use that word against Israel, and he's telling them, you know, you guys are so sinful that not even Daniel, not even Noah, not even Job, in all of their righteousness before God, if they would pray to Him, could stop um, what is the punishment that is coming on you. And so if, if Job's not a real person praying for Israel, um, then, then Ezekiel's prophecy also falls flat. So it isn't, it's actually enough for me to trust the author of Job and, and the prophets and, and, and Jesus' own brother uh, on this to know that Job is a real guy. Yeah, I mean, so when you come at Job, right, like are you going to, even, I'll say this, even some of the most conservative scholarship is now throwing out, this is not just a problem with Job, it's a problem with Genesis and other books, is they're not treating, they are, they're actually granting the argument of the skeptics um, and losing the battle before they even start. And what we're saying is, you, what you're doing in essence then is you're actually starting to undercut the entire Bible. Uh, it, it ruins the rest of the canon. You, you've destroyed Ezekiel's credibility and James' credibility. And um, so this is a big deal, the historicity of Job, um, identifying with Job, understanding Job. Look, we have we just done one word. We've done one word so far <laughs> in the book, in the book of Job. Um, but hey, it, actually, the book starts out identifying a place. It's in the land of Uz, in the land of Uz. Now, uh, again, we have people, this is just craziness to me, Timothy, but we have people who treat Uz as like this mythological place of stuff. Like it's Oz blah, or something blah. like that. <laughs> yeah, like it's Oz. And, and which is just crazy because the Bible actually names Uz. Yeah, we, you know? we pretty much know where it is, you know, like. We know where it is. Yeah. It's, it's in Edom. It's definitely an Edom. So we have that in Jeremiah. You know, if you if you want to go check it out, it's Jeremiah twenty five twenty. It's in Lamentations four twenty one. Um, and here it is in Job one verse one. Uz is a real place, y'all. There's there's my uh, there's my South Carolina coming out. It's a real place, you know. <laughs> this is for craziness that people don't think it is. Um, and so this is Edom. This is Edom. By the way, um, I. I just want to stop for a second, and um, it, here we are. 
we're in the first book in the chronologically in the canon of Holy Scripture. And here we are in the land of Edom. These are Esau's descendants. And who are they worshiping? They're worshiping the Lord. The Lord's heart is, is, has, it has always been worldwide. And we should know that right here from the, the very first words in Holy Scripture, uh, chronologically, in the land of Uz, you know, which is Gentile land. Oh, man, come on. Yeah, that, Who doesn't get excited good, good about news that? for a couple of Gentiles, you know, <laughs> in New York City, City like South Carolina. How about Aiken? Yeah. You know, how about South Carolina? Some, yeah. some good news right out there. We also just found out who the author of the book is, by the way. We just found out who the author of the book is. Um, now, I, I will tell you that um, Jews have, in the Talmud, they thought it was uh, Moses who wrote this book and that it was written during... Um, the Exodus. Um, that doesn't seem to stack up, and we'll discuss that more in just a second. Um, other people um, see Job as really a late book chronologically in the Bible. They see it as perhaps a work of Solomon um, because there's such a heavy emphasis uh, on wisdom here. Um, still other people think that, uh, and we'll get look at, at timing of it and things like that, um, I think it was a, a, a some kind of wise man who, who again, would have lived after the time of, of King David, um, perhaps maybe in the exile. And again, um, that the evidence for that doesn't seem to add up at all. I think we can say with a lot of certainty that Job writes his own book. He actually writes his own book, with the exception of the epilogue, because he would have been he would have been dead, um, so he couldn't have read, <laughs> written the epilogue. But um, you have the same problem as, he writes, as the last book of Moses. There, like, who wrote about Moses's death? You know, you can't. Yeah, you can't write about how old you, you got. You can't really write about your. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it really does seem uh, that we have every reason to think that Job is writing his own book here. Um, as a as a very very wise man who knew the Lord very very well and went through this himself, so we're going to read Job. In other words, what I'm saying is we're going to read Job in his own words. You keep and saying it, something uh, that can mean a lot to us. Sorry to butt in on you. But you keep saying something really interesting that this is the first, you know, chronologically the first word uh, of Holy Scripture, and um, you've laid down the reasons for that. I think it might be helpful just to talk about. Two, not only who wrote the book, but um, when did Job actually live? And you know what make what what can make us confident that he lived before Moses even? And because I think there's several reasons why, like we can we can be really confident that he is pre Moses even in the Bible. Yeah. So as far as timing, as far as the timing of this book, it really seems like. Israel is um, in Egypt while this suffering themselves, interestingly enough, right? That's what we find out in Exodus. Um, and this book is, is seems to be happening um, during that time period. 
And actually, the, the greatest help for us, and there's some things, I will say this, there's some things like we can say about the book that help us date it. Um, for example, in, in Job 42, we got a money currency um, called a, a casita. And Jacob actually uses a casita in, in, in Genesis. So you can date this to around the time of the patriarch um, Jacob. The other thing is we can look at Job's name. Uh, Job is, is, a, is a fairly common name um, early, early, early in history, you know, um, and and so that helps us date uh, the book of Job uh, in a certain way. Um, furthermore, uh, I would say this: um, Job is a priest uh, in in this book in Job chapter one, and it would be very very problematic to say that Job was a pious, wonderful man. We're going to study those words, and the Lord's going to hold him up in his example if he is if there's a temple anywhere. Um, uh, if there's a tabernacle anywhere, um, if there had been a giving of the law up to this point, because um, he would have been disobeying the law. You know, he, he should have been going to worship the Lord in the place and in the way right. in which the Lord had had commanded him to do it. So clearly this is pre-Moses. It's got to be pre-Moses. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but we actually can date it a little bit. All of that is very, very helpful in terms of dating the book. Um, but... Timothy, I know you got some other points that you want to bring out too. Well, yeah, just I just maybe had a couple more. I mean, think about we how old Job got. He at the very end of the book in Job forty two sixteen, it says he he lived to be a hundred after the event itself, a hundred forty years after that. Now you have to remember before this particular day in his life happened, he he had ten kids. Okay, so he's no, he's no spring chicken. <laughs> Before the event, yeah, no, no, that's so right. like, let, let's say, that's right. let's say he's like forty, you know, um, when he, when he loses all of his kids and 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 much of his wealth. Uh, conservatively speaking, he he was a hundred eighty years old when he died. Now that's older than Abraham. Okay. And if you track ages throughout the Bible, basically people lived longer the the closer they were to creation, and and so you know Job's he's 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 no Methuselah, you know, but but he's in there with Abraham, yeah, like hundred eighty years, like that's that's impressive, you know, that's impressive, <laughs> yeah. For yeah, we're in the we're in the age of the patriarchs. This here. is early, and you know, and and the other interesting yeah. thing, I'm sure we're gonna get we're gonna dig into these these creatures more. But the Book of Job does discuss creatures that don't seem to exist anymore. So like Behemoth and Leviathan. So um, again, like there's there's a good reason uh, to to believe that Job's very early. Uh, he's he's very early, and I think that maybe this helps the most is in dating the book of Job. Uh, you listeners can decide for yourself. But we can actually track uh, the genealogy of one of Job's friends here, who was, uh, you know, they were obviously contemporaries, right? They're, they're talking together um, here in the book. 
This Eliphaz is a grandson of Esau, and we know that from Genesis 36, 10, and 11. And we also know it from 1 Chronicles 1. So Eliphaz is a grandson of Esau. Um, and that obviously, like, okay, Jacob and Esau, you know, as a grandson. Okay, when did that happen? We're dating this thing, right? Um, we can also track Bildad. Bildad's a, another guy. Um, he he is a descendant of Shua, um, who was a son of Abraham uh, by Abraham's wife Keturah. And so again, this that's that's where we're at. And then finally, um, we can track. We actually have it. I mentioned this before. We have an, we have a genealogy from Elihu, and um, he is a descendant of a guy named Buz. Um, who was a son of Nahor, um, which I believe was Abraham, right? That's right there in the line of, of you know, a brother of Abraham. And so there you go. <laughs> You're like tracking these genealogies in your head, like ooh, circle, circle, you know, line, line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's where we're at. And so that's why, like to wrap, like to bookend, you, you said, and we're talking about chronologically written the first book of the Bible, it really does seem like it's Job. In the land of Uz, is, uh, these are the first words that the Holy Spirit uh, seems to have has given humanity, you know, um, something to treasure and really, really hold on to, as all the Bible finally is. And then finally, um, we got one more thing that we have to discuss here in Job 1 verse A. And that is the name Job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk about the name Job. You're laughing about it. I'll let you go first. Well, I'm laughing about it because um, not for any academic or, or spiritual reasons, but uh if you didn't know better you might think it's it's the word job so like if you if you throw this yeah, right. word through google translate which i did it'll it'll come back as trabajo <laughs> but, <laughs> that's awesome go, go ahead and fill us in on the name job <laughs> well it's it's derived it's derived from a word that can mean enemy. And so here we, in the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. In other words, we're introduced in Job's name to, um, in a certain sense, uh, what he looks like in the Bible. His big, this now this is his big problem. He he really feels like, and I'm using that, that feels because it's not reality, um, but to him, it really feels like the Lord, that Yahweh, um, is his enemy. In fact, we're going to hear him say, and th- and again, this is his big problem. This is the source of greatest suffering. He, we're going to hear um, Job actually come back, come out and say, um, Lord, you, you're you shooting at me. Um, you're, you're playing darts with me. You're... Uh, you're you're doing you're doing archery practice. Yeah, like I'm me. your target practice. <laughs> yeah, you're just having fun. You're this capricious. It looks like you're this capricious, like God who's just toying with me, having fun with me, like sticking an arrow in me, and then 
Oh, like that. Oh, that was fun. And and this is Job's big problem is he believes he gets his theology wrong. Um, actually, oh man, I'm getting ahead of myself. What we're going to find out is Satan's the adversary. Job thinks it's the Lord, though. And you, it's all buried in his name, which finally... That, that brings us also to the solution of the book. The gap that's created, and I said this on the last pad, podcast, the gap is not between um, knowledge, you know, what's going on in suffering um, and Job, but rather the gap is between Job and the Lord. Um, Job is feeling alienated from God, like God is, is his enemy. And what God shows him, what the Lord shows him by the end of the book is, no, I'm your best friend. I am full of compassion and mercy um, for you, um, to quote um, our brother and the brother of the Lord, uh, James. And, oh man, I, who is the Lord? No. <laughs> is, is, he, is he our enemy? No. No, he's not. Um, in the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. Now, Jonathan, we 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 finished Job one verse one a just now. <laughs> We're gonna have to go a little faster if we ever want to finish the book of Job. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it. We will. We'll get we, will. In, we will. In the the rest of the chapter one here uh, next time. Thanks for listening to the Notable Podcast. Check out our other seasons to hear other people sharing their notes and highlights. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support us or hear more, visit NotablePodcast.com. That's N-O-T-A-B-L-E podcast.com. Thanks for listening.